Hello, welcome to Russell Investments Market Week in Review for the week ending April 7th, 2023. My name is Zoe Wargans, and I am joined today by Shay Shatria, our Director of Investment Strategy. Hi, Shay, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Zoe? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. To get things kicked off, could you give us a little insight into the US PMI markets, please? Yeah, sure. So the Institute for Supply Management uh, Business Surveys of the manufacturing and services sectors are pointing towards a slowdown of the U.S. economy. So now let's kind of dissect the two separate reports. And starting with the ISM manufacturing PMI, it fell further into contraction territory at 46.3 from 47.7, keeping in mind that below 50 is contraction and above 50 is expansion. Notably, all subcomponents for the manufacturing PMI fell below uh, 50, which was the first time that that has occurred since 2009, as noted by one of our research partners. So there is the, there is this broad-based uh, deterioration in the manufacturing sector that is taking place. However, it's the services side of the economy that has been most resilient, uh, as we know. But even that is now showing signs of slowing. So the services PMI fell to 51.2 uh, from 55.1. So while it's still in the expansion zone at above 50, the month-over-month -month drop was notable. The lagged effects of monetary policy are taking a little longer to impact the services economy, and that's in part due to the strength of the labor market. Though based on uh, the job openings and labor turnover survey, or the JOLT survey, as it's also known, there was some loosening of labor demand that's taking place with the openings to unemployed uh, ratio, unemployed ratio, which the Fed is keeping a close eye on, uh, ticking down to around 1.7 from around 2. So there's some um, uh, moderate loosening in, in labor demand that's taking place. Now, we'll get more details on the strength of the labor market with Friday's non-farm payroll report. Um, but of course, we're recording this on Thursday. So, you know, stay tuned for, for more insights there. But in any case, the takeaway is that the step down in the services PMI plus the manufacturing PMI falling further into contraction territory and modest loosening of the labor demand, as, as noted by the JOLTS report, suggests that tighter financial conditions are starting to have an effect on the U.S. economy. And while we're talking about labor, let's check in with the country to the north. Can you tell us a little bit about the Canadian labor market? Yeah, sure. Uh, the Canadian economy, its it's been pretty interesting there. It's been pretty resilient. Um, and, and as it relates to the jobs uh, numbers for March, the Canadian economy added 35,000 jobs, and that was much more than the consensus estimates for a 12,000 gain. Now, to put that number into perspective, the long-term average for monthly job gains um, is about 18,000. So the March number basically doubled the long-term average. The unemployment rate it also held steady at around 5%, just slightly higher than the post-pandemic low of 4.9%. Now, encouraging from a monetary policy perspective that annual is that annual wage growth and the monthly change in hours worked did ease in March relative to February. And also the most recent uh, business outlook survey, which the Bank of Canada conducts, indicates that the labor market tightness is also easing, which is in part being supported by a surge in immigration. Now, the Bank of Canada policy meeting is next week. Uh, we know that the BOC has transitioned its policy from rate hikes to a conditional pause. While we don't expect any changes in policy rate as a result of, the, of, of them being on pause, a strong labor market and better than expected GDP growth in January and possibly in February means that it's still too soon for the BOC to be messaging uh, easing its policy outlook um, at this point. Thank you, Shay. Thank you. That's very helpful insight. And 
while we're at it, let's take a hop around the world. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about the Reserve Bank of Australia and New Zealand and the rates that they've been talking about here. Yeah, sure. There's there's a bit of a, a, a dichotomy going on between the RBA and the RBNZ. So let's start with uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia. They did decide to hold their policy rate um, uh, unchanged at 3.6%, and that was broadly as expected by the markets. And and in a similar uh, messaging, I would say, to the Bank of Canada, they've also gone on what we'll call a conditional pause. Uh, the Australian economy is showing signs of slowing. Home prices have declined, and PMIs of both manufacturing and services are below 50, suggesting that a slowdown is forthcoming. Still, core inflation is at 6.9%. While that's down from peak levels, it's still above the 2 to 3% targeted range. So therefore, Governor Lowe has kept the option to hide again if conditions warranted it. But for the time being, they're likely to, to stay uh, on the sideline. Now, switching to the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, um, it's been one of the more aggressive developed market central banks. And, and they've continued to act that way this week compared to the RBA. The RBNZ actually hiked by 50 basis points, and that was uh, more than the consensus expectations for a 25 basis point uh, rate hike. Now, headline inflation in New Zealand uh, is running above 7%, and that's significantly above the 1% to 3% targeted range. Now, what's interesting is that um, the New Zealand, New Zealand economy, it may be slowing a little bit more than the RBNZ had projected. However, inflation is the primary concern for the central bank, and that ultimately led to the more hawkish decision. Maybe the final point I'll, I'll make here is that while the banking turmoil in the U.S. Uh, caught the market's attention over the last couple of weeks, uh, inflation remains a prominent issue for most central bankers. Shay, thank you so much for those insights for all those different markets around the world. And thanks to all of you for joining us for this episode of Market Week in Review. Please join us again next week. <laughs>